Welcome to the Old School Food Freedom Podcast, brought to you by your friends at Finding Balance. I'm your host, Chrissy Kirkman. On this show, we kick it as old school as it gets with how God created us to live free from dieting, food rules, and body shame. Ready to replace the old soundtrack of cultural lies with biblical truth? Let's start with this. You don't have to be trapped by food struggles. You were created to be free. God adores you and wants you to experience the fullness of life without body hatred or bondage to dieting. The time is now to take a step toward the life you were created for. We're so glad you're here with us today. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, Brittany, welcome to the show. Hey, Chrissy, I'm so pumped to be able to talk to you today. Yay, we had so much fun on the Joy-Filled Eater podcast. So obviously, we're going to have a lot of fun over here on the Old School Food Freedom podcast. Before we begin, I really want to just tell our listeners about you. Brittany is a registered dietitian, recovery coach, and the host of the Joy-Filled Eater podcast. She specializes in the treatment of disordered eating and negative body image, providing Christ-centered recovery coaching to Christian women who are ready to break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame. That is Brittany Braswell. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Chrissy. You're welcome. Um, So we love to kick off this show with a question. What old school item do you miss from back in the day? Gosh, Chrissy, I think as I was, as I was thinking through this, because I always hear you ask everybody on the on the show this, and I came up with three, um, but I'll give you kind of the one that I settled in on, and it's I feel like it's going to sound silly, which is totally fine. Um, it's the Kool-Aid Man pitcher. Did you ever have one of those? <laughs> yes, I had <laughs> plastic cups with him on there. Yes, and I don't know why. I think it's just because it feels so nostalgic to me, because it's if you haven't had one, it's these this little red pitcher that's, you know, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 inches tall, and it has the Kool-Aid Man face on it, and we put, like, I think that's the only pitcher we had for the longest time, because we, my, my sister and I, I have a sister that's four years younger, and we didn't want to drink out of anything else, like, we had water in it, we had Kool-Aid, lemonade, whatever, um, and I think once it cracked, like, because we use it so much, they, they stopped making them, so... That was the end of the Kool-Aid man. But it was like the like go-to, <laughs> the go-to water, con- li- liquid container. Yes. <laughs> yes. Before, before it was like popular to have, you know, your refillable water bottle or your whatever. It was get the Kool-Aid man pitcher and just keep it handy. For sure. I don't know <laughs> if we had the pitcher, but I remember having little, they were like, um, like a translucent kind of plastic cup with like etched on not etched but like you could feel it like sensory you could feel it but you could Uh always see whatever color of kool-aid that you know came through it would always come through Mm -hmm. the the cup so oh love that well now we obviously have to know what your other two are because you can't just (laughs) say oh i thought of three but let's just go with this one what are the other oh gosh okay well two of two of the three had to do with food and drink so there we go i'm a dietitian um (laughs) sort of food and drink I guess the other two were the bubble jug gum I, do you remember those little containers that they look like a little teeny tiny jug of something and it's filled with like these teeny little like almost powdered bubble gum and we used to we, we used to southern thing what's going on I have no idea now that you say bubble that jug. now I'm like curious bubble jug and it came in like all these different flavors it's kind of like the um I don't even know what the gum is called now that they used to have for like five cents in the grocery, in the gas station. But yeah, it's like powder bubble gum. <laughs> and you like pour it in your hand, you lick it off, and then it turns to like from powder into gum. Oh, we just that, I, would, that would have been my jam all day. Oh, we loved it. We'd blow like giant bubbles. And of course, yeah. you know, it gets stuck in your hair when you're in second grade and it's great. Um, <laughs> I think the other one, and I don't know why they don't do these anymore. Maybe they do and I'm just, I don't see it, but I loved Polly Pockets. That was like the thing for us, more so than Barbies. We would, me and my sister both would like carry these teeny little Polly Pockets around. And they're like, I don't even know how we played with them because they're so small. Like you got to pinch them with your fingers. And they had this teeny little house that they lived in. But for some weird Total reason, we were like, hazard. yes, that's probably the why most they don't dangerous. do it <laughs> Yeah. Like they're banned for life. Oh, oh yes. All, all of the, all of the choke hazards, but. I guess for some reason we just thought it was fascinating to make, you know, teeny tiny, 
I, I want to say life size, like they felt life size compared to their little house. So maybe that's what it was. But we were, to we were like fascinated. Yes. Amazing. Oh, I'm glad you shared those. That's so nostalgic. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about three mistakes that most people make in recovery and what to do instead. This is a pretty good topic um, because recovery is hard. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. We try to aim for perfe- perfection. So many people, let's say, so many people try to aim for perfection um, mm-hmm. and it's just not possible. Like it's just not, it's not happening. So right right away, just wipe that slate clean. You don't need to be perfect. Don't no. try to be perfect. Mm-mm. You're going to make mistakes. And we're going to talk about three mistakes that most people make and what you can do instead. Yes. And, and I love this topic, Chrissy, because I mean, of, of exactly what you said, most often I find that when I have the most growth, it's because I've realized there's some mistake or something that has been happening that's been holding me back. And so I, I want to say that again, just to give grace that if you recognize any of these, this is not for condemnation or saying, hey, you're doing this recovery thing wrong. It's to say, let's see if we can remove one of the barriers that might be keeping you from making that next step in recovery that you need. So yes, yeah. I'm excited to dive into this with you today. It's us helping you help yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. What is mistake number one? So mistake number one for anyone who is trying to overcome issues with food and you're really wanting to get to food freedom so often that is preempted by this dislike of your body weight shape size whatever and so one of the biggest mistakes that i see is women or men believing that body change is going to lead to or equal better body image that it's this this like okay i'm gonna once my body changes then i'll like it better or then i'll like myself better but most people who struggle with negative body image they, they just really have a hard time letting go of that belief that like there's this perfect or this ideal weight or composition. And when I get there, I'll accept my body. So I, I think in order to start really diving into that, you kind of have to ask yourself this question like, okay, well, is there something or what is it maybe that I've been putting off until I reach that ideal weight? Because so sometimes this mistake is hard to figure out, like, do I struggle with this or not? But if you ask yourself that question and go, okay, and Chrissy, you may have some insight into this too. Like, was there ever anything that you feel like you put off saying, okay, well, once I get to this, you know, pant size or this number on the scale or this whatever, then I'll do that thing. Oh, I mean, the list is extremely long. I mean, especially like um, in ministry, any anywhere that God could use me. And I feel the, you know, I feel that pull of like, you know, God gave me this gift. I am good at this, but I just can't show up the way I am. I got to get this under control. I got to, I got to shrink down with my body before he can really use me. And man, the enemy, the amount of things the enemy was able to, I mean, he can't make you do anything, but he can sure convince you and paint this picture and set traps. And I, at times I just fell right into them. Yeah, and it's it's so easy to do. We we think that okay, if we're if we shrink our body or if we're in a smaller size or if we change this one thing, maybe for you it's not weight, maybe it's something else about your body you dislike that you're just like that thing has to change. So, um, like for me and for for some of my clients, it's been things like you know putting off a fun trip or vacation because oh I cannot afford to eat vacation food right now, right? Or maybe it's like you want to play with your kids or spend time with your friends. But like we used to live really close to the beach and I would have so many clients that say like, I'm not going to the beach. I'm not, I can't spend time with my kids or family there. Cause I'm, I, I won't put on a swimsuit or maybe I don't want to wear, I don't feel comfortable wearing shorts and that distraction of your body or your negative body image gets, gets in the way of experiencing life because you feel like, okay, in order for my body image to get better, my, my weight or my body has to change first. So and um, we just miss out. It's it's robbing us of experiences and living life when it's it's happening right now, even taking pictures. I know so many people like I personally. I'm trying I'm, I'm in a position where I'm trying to just show up. This is this is the moment. This is this is happening. These are my friends. These are my family. I want to show up in pictures um, and not critique them, not you know, say, oh, we need to edit this out. Can you not post this one? And and not like 
control the whole thing. I want to show up and be present and have that memory rather than hiding in the background. So all you see is my face. Uh, that And that has been, I think it was just last week, I was having a conversation with one of my clients who's a college student. And um, and she said, Brittany, one of the things that that frustrates me or that I hate most about the struggle with body image is she's like, I'm in my second or third semester of college. And she said, I don't have, I have like maybe two pictures from college so far because I've refused to get in them. And I want that to change. I don't want to graduate college and have no, you know, tangible images and memories of, you know, the things that I got to do with my friends because I was so distracted by my dislike of my body. Oh, yeah. And that just feels like, gosh, that's so young to be feeling that way. But this is reality. Oh, but we don't have to be stuck there. Right. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So when you fall into these traps, like something, something that you can do instead of saying like, okay, you know, body weight equals better body image. Don't do that. Just start caring for your body now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, and you, we, <laughs> I think that the term self-care gets used in so many different ways, but I think it's really important. I really like to talk about, um, or what I've, what I think is most helpful is to look at first, what does caring for yourself look like and why is it necessary? And what is, what does self-care not look like? Cause I think we get the wrong idea. So hey, yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just really this intentionality behind um, different practices or habits to help you preserve or improve your whole health. And that's not just physically, but that's part of it. Right. So, we, I think we often get this misconception like um, self-care is, you know, massages and manicures. And that could be a part of it, right? And bubble baths, yeah. And bubble baths, right? Those are all wonderful things. But it's there's like these two extremes. It's, it's not just the aesthetic and the relaxing and the things that maybe feel a little bit more luxury or extravagant sometimes. Or like, I have to take all this extra time for myself, right? Sometimes that can be the case, but it's, it's also... I think another big conception about self-care is that it's not ignoring your health either and going, okay, I'll just do all of the things and only think about myself and ignore the physical side of things. So when you start caring for your body now, it really allows you to start um, that habit of just practicing honoring your value. Um, Mm. And it gives you a chance to focus on your body less, not more. Okay, so so that is part of people think about, okay, well, when it comes to body image, I just need to give myself all these positive body affirmations and I need to tell my, tell myself how great my body is. But when you focus on your body more, you're focusing on your body more, right? So you've, you got to focus on it less, not more. So that means that self-care when it comes to your body is not getting on the scale, okay? It's not wearing overly tight or baggy clothing that's going to cause you to focus on your body more. It's not cutting out whole food groups, right? It's not pushing your body to its physical limits with movement. And so if you're having trouble figuring out, well, what would self-care for my body look like? Sometimes it's it's at least easier for me sometimes just to go, what is self-care not? Like, what am I doing right now that is not filling my cup? And just give yourself Give yourself that list of things and go, okay, maybe I, what can I do to focus less on these things and not more? You might even say it's finding balance between. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I mean, like, can we stop doing that every episode? I try not to, but like. I love that's it. Why, that's why Constance, God gave the name um, Finding Balance to Constance when she founded Finding Balance 21 years ago. I mean, because so much of this diet mentality is all or nothing thinking. Yes. And it, it gets us in, into trouble. It gets us into these mistakes that we that we make and there's a better way. Yes, yes. And, and also, I guess some clarity with this too. This is not to say, don't focus on your body at all. I know we don't have time to walk through it today, but I go through an illustration with, with my students on um, a framework that I created called the Body Focus and Intentionality Framework just to help you see like how much focus are you putting on your body and what level of intentionality is there because we want some focus, right? Like we want to recognize what's going on in our body so that we can use wisdom to make the kind of decision that's going to help us enjoy it, honor it, be a great steward of it. 
but we don't want it to bleed into, okay, if I focus on my body all the time, then I'll, I'll like it better, then it'll feel better. So yeah, there's absolutely this place where you have to find the balance between putting enough focus on it that you can hear from it and you're not afraid of that, but also not diving to the deep end going, let me just focus on everything about my body all the time because it gets you in that place of critique more often than not. And um, idolatry. Oh, 100%. That's a whole nother conversation we could. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, go back and listen to the episode with Heather on that one. She did a great job talking about that. Yes, right. Okay, so that was mistake number one. Thinking body change equals better body image. Um, mistake number two. I get so much pushback on this one. But this this, this is when, you, when someone says, okay, well, I'm just going to wait to learn how to eat more intuitively until after I've lost weight. Or until after I've changed my body. I'm going to do the weight loss thing. I'm going to do the dieting, the whatever. And then I'll learn how to be more of an intuitive eater after that. Ooh, that's, that's rough. Yeah. Well, so when you say I get a lot of pushback, how does that look? So, so like if I'm talking to a client and depending on where they are in their stage of recovery, most of what I do, I would consider with a lot of my clients is kind of the prequel to intuitive eating. So it's kind of in this gap between like, okay, I'm recovering from an eating disorder, but I don't know that I'm totally ready to dive into intuitive eating either. Like there's some foundational things you got to get set before you can work on being an intuitive eater. And so they're like, well, so often they're still in the dieting mindset. We're trying to get to this place of focusing on your identity and focusing on your fears and looking at your behaviors and what are they, what are they doing for you? And so when I get pushback, it's usually like, well, Brittany, why do, like, if I, if I focus on intuitive eating now, my body's just going to change a lot and it's going to make my body image worse and it's going to make my behaviors worse and all of these, all of these things that they're afraid of. And so I, I have to ask them like, okay, if you've been telling yourself, Hey, once I, once I lose X number of pounds, then I'll switch to intuitive eating and maintain my body size. We have to look at not only, we, we can't just look at how you feel about it or your experience with it because we have to look at big picture. So part of that, if lo- if logic or statistics helps you to come at it from like a objective place and not this subjective feelings, like letting your feelings make the decision for you, we know from tons of research and studies right. that tell us that weighing yourself and dieting are so much associated with the development of eating disorders and the severity of that. And so when you can move your focus from weight or body change to health promotion, that can actually result in significantly better outcomes from a a physical health standpoint, mental health, and I would even absolutely say spiritual health um, than pursuing that intentional weight loss. Because if that's the focus first, it's going to be really hard to switch to intuitive eating because you're going to be focused on, okay, now that I've achieved this specific weight, now I'm going to eat intuitively, quote unquote, to maintain. Oh, right. Say, but it's going to be the same mindset. Yeah. And when you said, now I've, I've actually forgotten the exact word that you used, but um, you, you said something about moving into healthy. Health promotion. Health promotion. Yeah. And so I feel like it's worth noting that when you say health promotion, that can even be like we mean a balanced healthy health promotion, not um, to an extreme. Because I feel like when you're in that that dieting mentality and you hear, okay, so I'm just going to share from my personal journey because it was really difficult. I was so afraid to get into intuitive eating, which is just learning how to view food and respond to food and those hunger cues and even hearing hunger cues again. Yeah. (laughs) The way God intended it. It's like, eating. It would just be eating and living in our body. If diet culture wasn't a thing, this would just be normal. But because it's so broken, diet culture is just a mess. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've learned all these bad rules and false teachings that it's hard. Like you feel this panic of, okay, how can, how can I, where do I find the balance? How can I get there without going from one extreme to another? with you know extreme healthy eating and cutting out all kinds of food groups and rigid health rules um 
that was very terrifying for me. I was really, really scared. Yeah, and and I think that's that's why there is a lot of intention, I think, in the order behind the principles of intuitive eating. But I think that's also why it's so important. I shouldn't even say I think. I fully believe that's why it's so important to do a lot of the foundational work when it comes to what you really believe about yourself and who you are and where your value comes from before you start trying to implement even health promotion behaviors. A lot of times. It's not to say we're just going to focus on this one thing and ignore the behaviors, but when you focus on the behaviors so early and you don't have like the why and the reasoning and the understanding behind what's going to happen when these behaviors are gone, you're just going to find new behaviors to cover it up. So, so yeah, like general nutrition, yes, absolutely important. A health promoting behavior could be incorporating more nutritionally dense foods. And that could also turn into an obsession if you're not in the right, right mindset to do that. So, so health promoting behaviors don't have to only be physical either. You know, it could absolutely, because we're looking at whole health here, at the whole person, you are not your body, right? You live in a body. So it might be prioritizing sleep. It might be prioritizing other forms of rest. It could be joyful movement. It could be getting into scripture and learning how to abide with Christ rather than just trying to follow all the quote-unquote Christian rules, right? There's so many different things that promote our health that are oftentimes going to lead to better health outcomes physically and mentally than focusing on weight loss. And I I love, Chrissy, this is one of my favorite things to debunk for people because I see this time and time again with the women that I work with when they're like, if I start intuitive eating, um, if I start it now, I'm, you know, I'm not going to have these changes that I want or my health is going to get worse. And yeah. And one of one of my clients that I got to work with recently shared this, like, we've been on this um, food freedom journey for a little while. And she came to me initially because she said, um, my doctor told me I need to lose weight to improve my cholesterol levels. And so I like, y'all can't see me. I'm like doing this. <laughs> She's <laughs> like sliding, sliding down. down. Let, me, let me make the picture. She is sliding down into <laughs> her chair out of my chair. Because yes. I just want to pull uh, my hair out. So same. Anyway, we had this conversation about how, okay, again, weight loss is a means to an end here. So if you're listening to this and you're like, no, I just want to lose weight because whatever, figure out what that because is. That's what you actually want. The weight loss isn't like, that's never anybody's end goal. It's a means to an end. So we looked at, okay, what can we focus on to improve your cholesterol without screwing up your relationship with food in the process? Okay. So yeah, gentle. Oh yes. Yes. And so there are things that you can do not just from a nutritional standpoint, but that can be, that can be one of them, right? So we looked at first and foremost, what is your relationship with food in your body right now? What, let's look at, at gentle movement. Let's look at your body image. Let's look at your beliefs about what's even possible. And it was so fun for her. Like she got to see her LDL drop over the course of, I don't know, maybe four months, five months, um, that we were focusing on this. It dropped like almost 25 points her vitamin d levels improved all of her vital signs improved and she came back and there was one week in session she was like i'm nervous because i've got my follow-up doctor's appointment you know after he sent this initial referral and she comes back the next week and she goes he told me just to keep doing what i was doing because everything improved yeah and and she was like god that's a victory yes I, i loved it too because she was able to tell her doctor like i wasn't focused on weight loss like yeah. I got all these improvements and I didn't do what she told me to do. And so, and you know what, did she say what, what the doctor's response was to that or did they respond at all? Yeah. She just said like, he was, he was amazed. Um, and that's, and she was like, he just told me keep doing what I'm doing because it was obviously that's helping. So, good. So, yeah. so yes. And you know, that's a gentle way of advocating for yourself, yeah. teaching a physician or just by your example of what has worked in your life. And you didn't, didn't like, we want to come in there, you know, with our fist in a ball, like ready to fight. Mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't have to be that, that way. I think that's a very sweet, um, gracious approach. Yeah. And she was able to, she was able to voice that to him in a way that wasn't brash or she was, yeah. she just said like, I heard what you said. Like the recommendation was not bad. Like the, Hey, you need to, we need to do something to improve your cholesterol levels. It was the means to that that was yeah. off. 
right? So just because you get a recommendation, and again, like, please take this with a grain of salt. I don't want anybody to take this as medical advice. Right. But when you do get a recommendation from, whether it's a physician or someone else, really focus in and ask more questions. Because if the goal is, is, you know, in this case, it was improved cholesterol levels. If they mention something about weight, it's okay to question and say, you know, why do you believe weight loss is the only way to get this? Or this is a little bit more blunt one. So if you're a little more straightforward, maybe I'm your girl for this, but like, like, it's okay to tell the doctor, like, and I've had clients do this before. Like if I was in a smaller body size, what recommendation would you be giving me right now to improve my cholesterol? Um, Cause that's a big hesitation for so many people is saying like, I don't want even want to go to the doctor because I know they're just going to tell me to change my body. And, and so it's okay to ask questions or to ask for clarity on, okay, if this is what's necessary, you know, this improved cholesterol level, that's, that's a health related thing. That's totally fine. We, we can work towards that. But is the weight loss, like, why do you believe that's necessary? And what are some other approaches we might could take? Yeah, so good. So do you feel like we, we covered mistake number two, losing weight before learning to eat? intuitively or I don't know if it's losing weight but the desire to yes. lose weight before yeah yeah, yeah the, I think the only thing I would I would add to that because we've really already kind of touched on this is just in, instead of focusing on the weight loss focus on cultivating body wisdom and we already mm-hmm. kind of talked about that yeah. to some degree but you know it really just means like give yourself that opportunity to learn what fuels your physical and mental health and that's oftentimes where a, a provider can come in and be you know, really helpful, like to help figure out, okay, when I, when my body feels this way, what is that potentially an indication of, right? And so you, you want to be able to recognize what's going on in your body so that you can respond to it. And you are going to know your body better than anybody else. And so having, having someone come alongside you and finding balance, I love that you guys have the provider referral list. So if y'all are looking for somebody like therapists, dietitians, so many people, such a phenomenal resource. Um, but you don't have to go it alone. If you need help going, I have, my body's given me all these really uncomfortable, horrible symptoms and side effects. I don't even know what they mean. Um, that's, that's a, a really fantastic place you can lean in. So instead of focusing on just that desire for weight change, you can focus on what is my body telling me and what, what can I do specific to my body or to my health to focus on instead of you know, just the weight. So good. So good. Okay. What is mistake number three? Mm, This is my favorite one. This could be a whole other conversation in itself, but um, the biggest, I think probably one of the most frequently um, made mistakes is trying to use temporary coping skills that don't actually meet your needs. Um, Mm. So I guess to kind of explain what this means, like coping skills are usually meant to act as like kind of this usually temporary band-aid right in a in a situation and they may not always be effective so um i think a good analogy for this if you think about like if you are sitting if you're sitting on your back porch right and you get stung by a wasp right it's gonna be really painful you're gonna go inside and you're kind of fixed for that moment might be like some topical benadryl or an ice pack or something to like take the swelling down or reduce the pain but if you go back outside and the wasp nest is still there, you're probably going to get stung over and over again. Yeah. Right. So you've got to really figure out like, how can I deal with this in a way that's going to be sustainable and effective, not just, okay, let me go get another ice pack every time I get stung. Right. So, so you've got to, instead of just trying to find, and I hear this from a, a wide variety of therapists that I've even had conversations with, coping skills are wonderful. But if the skill that you're using, like, let's say you feel like you just need to keep your hands busy, right? Like, okay, well, I'm going to play with putty, right? And it's not to say this isn't a great coping skill, but it just depends on what you're using it for. If, if the behavior you're trying to eliminate is binging, right? And they're like, okay, well, instead of going and opening a wrapper of something, just play with putty and keep your hands busy. Well, if binging isn't only a means of like, hey, I'm stressed and I need some sort of like physical stress relief. Okay, Mm -hmm. putty might be great for that. But if the binging has a whole nother need or purpose that it's, if it's to reduce anxiety, if it is a way, like a means of taking out your anger or self-punishment, 
Putty's not going to do that for you. So you've got to identify first the need that the behavior is meeting for you. And once you know that, then you can focus on choosing a coping skill. And especially working with a therapist with this is so helpful to say, hey, this is what I'm figuring out like binging is doing for me. Can you help me figure out how to cope with this in a different way so that that need doesn't go unmet? Because if if you use putty and it's not meeting the same need, then it might work temporarily but it's probably, you're probably just going to end up coping in another unhealthy way later. And there's a route to uncover, to unearth and remove so it doesn't keep, you know, I mean, we can chop, like, I know we've talked about this in other episodes before, but, you know, if I go out into my backyard that's filled with dandelions and I just go and start pulling the, you know, the stem, pulling them up by them, their stems, like, the next day or a couple days later, they're going to be back um, in full force. And so I've got to get to the root to get rid of that. Sometimes getting to the root, it's more likely than not, it's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's something we want to avoid many times because we're ignoring things that have happened to us because we don't want to go there. But in order to go there, or to, or to find that freedom and the healing from traumas and um, things that have happened to us, we've got to get to the root of it. And so that, that, um, that, that really does require uh, working with the professional who understands how to get to that root. Because even though we know that they are there individually, like we, we need help locating them yes. and, um, and removing. And, and I think this goes too with so many different types of behaviors. I, I see there's there's probably six or seven needs that I see a lot of disordered eating behaviors meeting, but this this goes across the board. Like 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 for me, one of my habits that I I have had phases that it's it's improved and phases where it's like uh is hitting the snooze button. And so when I go, okay, okay, well oh. what what need is that meeting for me? You know, in, in that moment it's more sleep. Right. It may not be restful, deep sleep, but okay. The problem, the problem with it though, I have to go, oh my goodness, like this is making my morning more rushed. Um, If I keep hitting snooze, it's going to have the potential to make me, you know, get my kids to school late or miss a session with a client or just like feel frazzled. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so instead of hitting the snooze button going, okay, this is, I mean, this is meeting a need in the moment, right? It's, it's a valid need. Like I need more sleep, but a better solution would be to go, okay, I'm not going to like shame myself for hitting snooze today. Right. But I can, I can explore solutions. Like maybe it's going to bed earlier the next night. Maybe it's taking a nap if I'm able to, maybe it is, you know, choosing activities that are less physically draining that day or the following day. Right. There's other things that can meet the need for more sleep or more rest in a much more effective way than just hitting snooze and ultimately creating new problems. So we've, we've got to figure out, like you said, we've got to get to the root of what is the need or what is the purpose that this behavior is fulfilling and how can I cope with it in a very targeted, intentional way so that I'm not just putting a Band-Aid fix on it. Hey friends, at Finding Balance, we love sharing solid, Christ-centered support to help you in your pursuit of freedom from food and body image struggles. Our friend Brittany has a free three-day live workshop series coming soon, and we want to give you the opportunity to check it out. We'll let Brittany tell you more. Did you know that involving the Lord in your day-to-day life isn't just for making big decisions? It's actually the best way to approach food freedom. Now, I get it. We both know the struggle all too well. You've probably tried what feels like a million ways to feel more confident in your body and less anxious around food. But despite your commitment to recovery, the scale or even that number on the label inside of your jeans is still taunting you and dictating how you feel about yourself. Well, I found your secret to better body image and nourishing yourself with confidence, and it's taking a Christ-centered approach to food freedom. It's time for you to see for yourself how you can finally break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame for good. Taking a Christ-centered approach has helped dozens of my students let go of unhealthy and disordered behaviors like restriction and binge eating, and has kept them from falling into some of the biggest mistakes that most Christian women make when trying to improve their relationship with food and their body. And I want to show you exactly 
how it's done. Snag a seat for my free live training series at brittanybraswellrd.com workshop, where I'll give you the blueprint for cultivating a peaceful and joy-filled relationship with food and your body using a Christ-centered approach. Come hang out with me in this three-part online workshop, where I'll share the three foundational components of becoming a joy-filled eater and help you not only avoid making some of the most time-sucking recovery mistakes, but instead I'll help you to stop obsessing about how you look or what you eat, all by using my strategy that walks you step-by-step through the food freedom process. All that's left for you to do is to save your seat for this free training series at brittanybraswellrd.com workshop, or hop on over to Instagram and shoot me a DM with the word workshop. I'll send you all the details you need to get registered so that you can take your next steps to food freedom and better body image. I'll see you there. So Brittany, what are some of the most common needs that you see disordered behaviors are meeting for people? The ones that I see, and and I'll say this is not fully comprehensive, but there's six or seven, there's seven, I guess, that I see over and over and over again. Um, And so if you can if, any, if you can identify any of these seven, it gives you a chance to explore even further out from that. So um, maybe if it works for you, Christy, I'll just kind of list through them. And then if there's any that jump out at you that you want us to dig into a little bit, we can do that too. Um, that works. Yeah. So the top seven that I see, um, and I guess in no particular order, is um, providing a sense of safety. So as you hear these, think about like behaviors like restricting, binging, over-exercise, um, isolation, whatever it might be. Um, so those behaviors can provide a sense of safety, right? And it's a sense of it. It doesn't mean it's like real safety, right? There but it you gives go. you that yep. sense. Um, <laughs> it may feel like it's uh, helping you to reduce your anxiety level. It might, um, the third one would be making you feel more in control. Um, a fourth one would be it's promising to, let me use air quotes here, solve a problem or make it feel like that in the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, the fifth one would be like a means of taking out your anger, um, whether that's on usually on your body or like whether it's anger, anger of yourself, I guess, like being mad at yourself or someone else taking it out on yourself, essentially. Um, number six would be kind of temporarily relieving stress. And that can often kind of go hand in hand with the anxiety reduction as well. And then the seventh one would be like to numb, numb out or repress feelings. So those are the ones I see most often when it comes to disordered eating and body image related behaviors. And every one of those that you listed at some point in my journey have applied every one of them. And so if you're listening and feeling shame that you can relate to all or some of these, please don't. This is normal. So the one that really jumps out to me is feeling like I was solving a problem. And I say that because I viewed my body, my weight as a problem because my society told me even in church, sometimes I would get that message that my body, that, that a larger body was a problem to be solved. I see it on TV commercials every single day. I saw that when I was a kid every single day. Um, It was modeled for me at school. It was modeled for me in other areas by um, women I looked up to, family members I looked up to. And so to solve a problem and then feel like I'm in control of that by doing these things, I could reduce my number on the scale because the scale seemed to mean a lot to me at the time. And um and then hearing compliments when I did solve, quote, air quotes, here we go, mm-hmm. air quotes yeah. again, solve the problem. And, but then when the problem came back, because that was not sustainable ever, every single time, multiple times I ever lost weight, I always gained it back, gained more of it. And, um, and so it felt like I was solving a problem, but it just created more problems. And Chrissy, that's like the golden nugget. Y'all back it up 10 seconds and listen to that again, because that's, that's what happens. We, we want this like instant gratification sort of solution, right? Mm-hmm. To, yes. if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling like, okay, there's this big issue, I need, or I need something to solve and restricting will do that or binging will do that or fill in the blank with whatever the behavior is that you're struggling with. And 99.99 
forever percent of the time, it's not going to solve that problem and it's going to create more. And so if, if, you know, with working with a provider, a therapist, a recovery coach, whomever it might be, figuring out what is that problem I'm trying to solve and why do I feel like this behavior is the key to that, then you can start exploring, okay, well, what are some actual solutions to the problem? How have I, why do I feel like this has been a solution? Because let's look at when has it actually solved the problem fully in the past, right? And if it hasn't, if you're still struggling with it, um, you know, I, I guess <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but the problem hasn't been solved, right? Like the root's I, still there. The yeah. root is still there. And so I say this and Chrissy, I think we're both like saying this in love again. Grace. Please don't yeah. feel shame. Give yourself grace because I promise you're not the only one that has tried to fill these needs with a behavior that's not that's not life-giving, right? And these yeah. needs are valid. We need all of these yes. needs met. They're like, you have so many needs that need to be met. And the enemy doesn't have to be the one controlling the way that you think those needs are getting met. They can actually be met. And the Lord wants to come alongside you and be part of that process. He does. And he will. You know, I noticed this happening to myself, so I'm going to say it right now. Listener, I want you to take a moment to unclench your jaw. Oh, just kind of open your mouth. Just let your jaw jaw fall and open your mouth and then take a, a very deep breath in through your nose and hold it. And then exhale through your mouth slowly until you get it all the way out. This is something that has been very healing for me, very healing. It is a, it's a temporary coping skill, but it's come to my attention how often I will clench my jaw and my muscles will be, when I hear things like this that are, that are you know, I don't want to say that they're triggering, but that they're hitting home. And then my internal wiring is saying, you should feel ashamed of yourself. You should feel terrible. Why is this a problem for you? Why can't you get it together? Like I, this is the messaging I hear. This is not from God. This is from the enemy. And as I, I don't realize that I'm hearing those things, but when I hear those things, that's when I start to feel my jaw clenched and my, my fists will be in a, or my hands will be in a ball in a fist. So just, just take a moment to receive the love that God has for you right now, that he sent his son to die on the cross for you, to, to set you free, free from your sin, free from this bondage that you feel, and that he cares about this struggle that you're in. He's there. He sees you. And if you haven't invited him in, I ask you, um, or encourage you to to consider it. Just sometimes we don't even consider where God fits in this story, but he fits. And the enemy has tried to come in and really cause this, this big division between you and the Lord, uh, but he's there. And so um, I know that took it a different direction a little bit, but like that's, that's ultimately why we're here. That's why these podcasts that we host, that's why they exist, because we want you to understand how much the Father loves you. He created you. He knows about you. He knows everything about you. He he finds you very worthy of freedom, worthy of life and breath and unclenched jaws and um, worthy of good things. And he wants to use you. He wants to use your story of brokenness um, and restoration to help others. Um, but 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 hear me say that it just starts with this one step, this one first step. And I, for what that is for you, I don't know. Um, but I guess I would ask you, Brittany, what are some next steps? If we have come to this place and we had to like stop for a moment and unclench our fist and, and unclench our jaws and breathe and, and look around the room, what do we see? If you're driving, what is there something pretty, a tree or gardening? I don't know. Um, just to kind kind of bring yourself back around, Brittany, what next steps could you share for us? Well, I love I loved what you just said, Christy, and that you walked through that because I'm a hundred percent in agreement that 
Christ wants to be not just a small part of this process. He wants to be at the very center, and he will be if you allow him to be. And and so if from our conversation today, if you recognize, and you're, again, giving yourself grace for saying, okay, I've, I've fallen into some of these mistake traps. I've, I've believed that my body image is going to get better, you know, if my body changes. Or I've been putting off learning how to, develop and cultivate that body wisdom because I don't I don't know that I want to eat intuitively yet. I'm um, you know, still holding on to diet mentality or or that goal of weight loss or oh I've I realized like I'm trying to do all these things to cope that aren't actually meeting a need or creating a pathway to freedom. They're just perpetuating it. Give yourself again grace for that and and I would say a couple of simple next steps to take if if you recognize any of those um, needs that I walked through, and you're like, Brittany, Chrissy, like one of those or more, maybe all seven stuck out, and I notice I'm using this behavior to meet this need and this other behavior to meet these needs. Or maybe you're just saying, like, I recognize I need those needs met, but I'm not sure what behaviors are doing what. Um, Chrissy, I will send you a link. I've got a, a free resource. It's just like a quiz sort of style assessment, and you can go through and just like, fill in the blank with whatever the behavior is to figure out which of those needs maybe is that behavior meeting for you. That's a really simple next step and take it to a friend or family member that's a great support for you. Take it to a provider maybe that you're working with to talk through and say, I really think, you know, binging is doing this for me or I really feel like restricting might be doing this for me. Ask the Lord for wisdom in that first, right? A a quiz or a a resource is like not the be all end all. So, if you do that, take the solution or take the, you know, whatever the results are to the Lord and say, God, is this is this accurate? Is this um, helpful for me to know? And then have a conversation with someone about it. Filter it through the lens of scripture and go, how can I, how can I really take a step towards freedom by, you know, I really need to feel more safe, but I'm tired of trying to shrink my body to feel more safe. What can I do instead? And open up that really scary conversation. Because it's hard to bring up those vulnerable things, whether it's in a therapy session or with a friend, right? We, we don't always want to talk about the root stuff. We want to talk about what's the band-aid to fix this right now. So patient, patience is a big key to that. So take the, take the needs assessment if that feels like a, a smooth, simple next step to just figure out where, like, what those needs are. Um, and then absolutely reach out for some support. I'm a, such a huge believer, and I love... I love seeing it play out, what happens when you get in community. Um, I know, Chrissy, y'all, Finding Balance has some great resources to get you connected to community, prayer groups, the Finding Balance, like, modules and courses and getting the the education so that you know how to generate some of that conversation in your own community. Get, Get the support that you need because once you figure out what are these areas where maybe you've been putting your foot on the brake, right, where maybe you're trying to move forward, I give this analogy sometimes of like um, I did something super embarrassing when I was learning how to drive and I was essentially trying to drive with both feet and so I pushed my foot down on the gas and the, on the gas pedal and my car just went you know and it made this horrible noise and it's because I had another foot on the brakes and so give yourself grace if you've been trying to drive with two feet right just uncover those areas where you've still got your foot on the brake where it feels like I've been putting in all this energy to try to get rid of my food guilt or get rid of these body image issues and give yourself grace to go, okay, if I'm if I'm finding these mistakes or these areas that I'm struggling, there's no condemnation. There's freedom in going, now I know what to do maybe to remove them or at least I know where to focus. So take the needs assessment or get some support from somebody so you can have some genuine conversations about these areas where maybe you're finding that you've, you've been holding yourself back or something else has been holding you back. That's so good, Brittany. Um, yes, we will link all of those things in the show notes. Uh, and you, Brittany, you've mentioned um, the resource for uh, finding balance, the Christian treatment finder. So um, that link is in the show notes as well. And it's a great place to find help that is um, from Christian providers who can take different the, the, the approach of a biblical Christ-centered, where does Jesus fit? Um, kind of approach. And um, and for those who are looking for that, it is a great resource. Um, so, and, and you really ought to sign up for Brittany's, um, 
her newsletter, her uh, emails, they're really good. I remember when you said the the breaks thing, I remember seeing that come across my email yeah. and I thought, that is good. I remember learning how to drive and that was my natural instinct to want to use two feet. But, and I love how you put it in this t- context. Brittany, thank you so much. This was really good. Um, to wrap up, would you describe to us the last time you experienced true freedom? Mm-hmm. I so love this question, Chrissy. And and I think for me, freedom comes when, um, when you follow faith and not fear. And so the last time that I remember just like feeling really afraid and choosing faith instead was when I said yes to the Lord, when he called me away from my very predictable, very secure eight to five kind of job. Oh yeah. Um, we've all been, or not we've all, but we've both been there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was like, I need you to go into private practice. And I was like, Oof. I don't have a client base built up. This is, I'm not going to have benefits. What are you asking me to do? Um, and, and I really had to trust in his leading and, but I had this like joy filled, peaceful assuredness that he was calling me to minister to women through Christ-centered specifically recovery coaching. And so that was terrifying for me. Like the knowing that that's what I wanted to do. I was so confident in that, but leaving something that felt so secure and so predictable. I was like, are you sure this is how you want me to do it? Right. I know what you want me to do. I'm on board. Are you sure this is how you want it to happen? And so I just remember this total sense of freedom when I turned in my resignation and said, like, I'm taking the next step that God has for me. And I'm sure that this is what it is. And, and he has, it's been so cool to see how he's used that even in just simple things. Like today, my, my daycare is closing early because there's a threat of severe weather. And I I have the ability now to go pick my kids up instead of scrambling and going, Oh my goodness, like I got to leave. I got to reschedule all these sessions, you know? And Uh. so, um, it's, as scary as it was to to do that process initially, the Lord has given it. He's given me opportunity to be more present with my family, to mm. minister and make an impact on women who, you know, wouldn't have maybe even been able to come to like a residential treatment center. Right. So um, yeah, just I think just that takeaway, like freedom follows faith and not fear. Like just holding on to that. That's where that's where I found the most freedom. That is stunning. I love the imagery of that. It re- I relate to you so much, those Moses moments in the beginning of, Lord, mm. don't you see all of these things, the <laughs> reasons this won't work? Like, he's mm. like, darling, I just love you. Like, it's going to be fine. Trust me. <laughs> I yeah. love that you just said darling. That like, darling, bless my heart. I love hearing the Southern accents. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Thank you, Brittany, for being on the show. I'm so glad we did this today. Oh, me too. Thank you for having me, Chrissy. It's been such a joy and pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Old School Food Freedom Podcast. For over 20 years, Finding Balance has been helping people walk in freedom by discovering where Jesus fits into their struggles with food and body image. If you want more biblical truth and encouragement, head on over to FindingBalance.com and subscribe to our free daily vitamin devotional. While you're there, explore our Christ-centered, lasting freedom online course and small group tools. You can help keep this ministry going by donating today at FindingBalance.com. See you next time. The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, treat, or prescribe a particular course of action. If you or someone you care about is battling an eating disorder and is experiencing unmanageable thoughts or feelings, please call 911 if in the U.S. or visit your nearest emergency room.